people want to do work that matters. And most of them do that. They just need a reminder every once in a while. Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and author of five best-selling books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And a big part of whether or not someone can do their best work ever is how much purpose and meaning they feel in the work they're being asked to do. But with work and life becoming more and more intertwined, it's no surprise that people are deriving more and more of a sense of purpose through just work. People also perform better when they feel like their work ties into a larger company-wide purpose, when they know that what they're doing matters. And this is a big opportunity for leaders, for managers to facilitate that right work environment that provides people with that sense of purpose, the thing they need to, to thrive, and the thing your team needs collectively to work better together. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about how to create a sense of purpose on a team. We'll go through five things you can do, either sequentially or start wherever you feel comfortable, start wherever your purpose is, that'll not only create that sense of purpose, but increase that sense of purpose and community connection and motivation on your team. Let's get started. So the first way to create a sense of purpose, and I'm already laughing as I say this, it's really about finding a sense of purpose. It's what I call the It's a Wonderful Life test. Yeah, you remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Right, I'm sure at some point at Christmas you watched it. It's a classic Christmas movie. Well, it is now. Fun fact, it actually wasn't at first. It was actually a box office flop and it went all the way into the public domain. And as soon as TV stations realized they could play it on Christmas Eve and not have to pay any studio anything, it became a Christmas classic. And you could see why, right? The, the whole premise of the movie is that this man, uh, George Bailey, is, is looking to commit suicide. He's depressed, he's sad. He feels like the, it would be better if he didn't even exist. And then an angel, Clarence, worst name for an angel ever, by the way. Clarence shows him a world as if he didn't exist. Shows him what his impact is on the community by showing him what the lack of his impact, what his absence would be for the community around him. And of course, you know the ending, it ends, Clarence, Clarence, I wanna live again, I wanna live again. Now, we're not gonna get that morbid with your team, but I have found that when we're looking to create a sense of purpose, really what we're looking for is an answer to that question, who is served by the work that we're doing? Might be external customers, might be internal customers, suppliers, vendors, whoever. The easiest way to find that, the way to find those most powerful connections is to talk about our absence. If we as a team disappeared tomorrow, let's not get morbid, let's just say we all chartered a plane and flew to Tuvalu, right, and we disappeared for three weeks, what would happen? What would be that result? What's the impact of our absence? Because that's gonna help us figure out where we're making the biggest impact. And when we do that, we have clues about what the real purpose of our team is, and we can build from there. Now you may find, as you build from there, that you might wanna go to the second step, the second way to create a sense of purpose, which is to draft a rallying cry. Right? This can be that simple, sometimes corny, but simple motivational phrase that everyone on your team knows. And this can come in a variety of forms, but it's gonna be informed by that sense of purpose. Right? I learned this actually from the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, and this rallying cry that they have as a team called Pound the Rock. The idea is taken from the metaphor of a stone cutter, someone who's cutting this, let's say, as a large block of marble. What do they do? They hit it hundreds and hundreds of times, and on the thousand and one hit, it cracks. 
But it wasn't that one hit that did it, it was the thousand before that. And so they take this mantra into every practice, into every team meeting, into every activity that they do. What are they doing? It might seem monotonous, it might seem unimportant, but they're pounding the rock every single step of the way. Now I've worked with other teams that have more, more who-centric, more purpose, more service-centric rallying cries. Some of them, some of them sound downright corny. I worked with a, a, a legal group inside a larger organization and they adopted the rallying cry from the movie Braveheart of hold the line, right? You remember the scene, hold, 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 because that's what legal does. That's how they serve everyone else. They hold the line. They protect us. Frivolous lawsuits, they make sure people are in compliance. They're holding that line. I work with sales teams. It's, a lot of sales teams already have ones, like making it rain or the whole concept of rainmaker. That's a rallying cry for the work that they do and the way that serves the rest of the organization. Now, a caveat here, because I work with a lot of sales organizations in my speaking and training and what have you, and I have to say, that doesn't mean you're the only important group. It means the way you serve that group is by making those sales. But there's a lot of other functions involved in making that organization successful. If there weren't, then they wouldn't be a part of the organization. So once you know your, your who from the It's a Wonderful Life test, you might automatically come up with that sort of rallying cry, or you might just look for a phrase or a thing about the importance of your work that gets repeated often over the next few months and let your rallying cry organically develop. It might even roll a few eyes. That's okay. There's actually a decent amount of research that suggests that the cringe, the awkwardness, the fact that you would never say it in real life actually helps people feel a sense of connection from it because it's something we only say on our team. The third way to create a sense of purpose on a team directly related to the second way is to create team symbols, right? You might have that rallying cry already established. Is there something you can do symbolically that, that embodies that? I talked about the San Antonio Spurs earlier, right? At the practice facility for the Spurs, what do you think is there that they walk past as they walk to the gym? Encased in stone is a boulder and a sledgehammer because pound the rock. When they win the national basketball championships, often the championship ring that gets designed to celebrate their NBA championship has a little picture of a stone and a sledgehammer on it. So what are those symbols you could adopt? What are those things? You could have a logo designed or you could take a physical object and just make it embody what your team means. What are those physical symbols that you could do that will remind people of a sense of purpose, but also because seeing the symbol and drawing the connection to that sense of purpose, that has meaning, meaning that can only be understood when you're a member of the team, that creates a sense of shared identity on the team as well. The fourth way to create a sense of purpose on a team, and really if you're in a leadership role, this is one of your primary jobs, is to collect impact stories. We ran the It's a Wonderful Life test, or maybe we didn't. We identified our who is served by the work that we do for sure, right now, Collect the stories that tell about those various different who's. Those times your team does a great job, collect those stories. Maybe you hear it in the media. Maybe you read a newspaper article. Great, right? Capture it, save it. Maybe you got a thank you note from the manager of the team that your team serves by doing their work or that your team collaborates with in some way. Great, capture it and save it. You know, I work with managers and leaders and organizations of all sizes and all industries, and pretty much all of them get that purpose is their job, right? That they're sort of chief purpose officer. What a lot of them don't get is that their chief storytelling officer 
in order to be chief purpose officer. And what do you need for stories? You need that raw material. And so adopt that habit of collecting impact stories on a regular basis so you're never at a loss for a story to share. Speaking of which, some of those stories are gonna be spectacular and are gonna make you realize, I, ah, you can't do it justice. You just sharing the story can't do it justice. And when that happens and when you're able to do this, you might wanna do the fifth and final way to create a sense of purpose on a team, which is to outsource that inspiration. Yes, your team needs to hear the stories of the impact they're making and they need to hear it from you. But every once in a while, a way more powerful way to do it is to bring that person who is directly impacted in. You see this in a lot of purpose-driven organizations. You know, the one I can think of right off the bat is, is the organization Medtronic. They make a variety of different life-saving medical devices. And often their holiday parties are full of patients, patients whose lives were saved by those very products. Did you find a way to do that? Maybe it's, maybe it's not bringing them in for a holiday party. Maybe it's a simple Zoom call. You get a thank you note from a client that your team serves, ask that client, hey, this is so awesome and I wanna share it with my team, but would you wanna jump on our, our weekly Zoom call for like just, just five minutes and, and thank them directly? I think it would be so powerful and it'd be a great chance for you to meet everybody who serves your account. Little things like that go a surprisingly long way because as powerful as the story is, is coming from you, coming from that firsthand source, it's even more powerful and that makes that sense of purpose even more powerful. Now these are not one and done activities. I mean, sure the It's a Wonderful Life test is something you do once, but your team's job will change and there'll be new people that you serve. And yeah, rallying cry might be something you only have to draft once, but you have to teach it to every new member of the team. Certainly collecting impact stories and outsourcing inspiration should be things that your team does on a regular basis. So this is not a one and done activity because making purpose salient, making it aware is great, but it's also sort of fickle, right? It's, it's also kind of evisceral. If you're not talking purpose on a regular basis, it gets really, really easy to fall to the day-to-day -day activities and to just focus on what we have to do, not why we do them and who is served by do them. And so as a leader, your job is to keep reinforcing that purpose. Keep those rallying cries up, keep pointing to those symbols, keep collecting those impact stories, keep outsourcing inspiration, and you'll keep your team motivated because you'll keep that sense of purpose on your team high. And when you do, you'll find that everybody on your team is more motivated to do their best work ever. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And if you really liked it and you want to go deeper and lead smarter, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do its best work ever.